Hey everybody, thanks for uh, joining in. Today is going to be kind of a, a weird special one. Uh, one thing is I uh, have nothing left in the can. I do have some people scheduled in the future, but that uh, that begs the question, how do I get more people? Hopefully my listeners maybe have some suggestions or maybe they uh, themselves would be interested in being a guest. So I'm always looking for new faces, but this special one, I have one Christy Sowell on with me. This is the part where she says hello. <laughs> there you go. Or she hello. just laughs. There we go. There we go. All right. Uh, this one is going to be about one of my favorite shows, experiences. I it, like say, call it a, like a, a show, maybe a special. Always, almost feels uh, undervaluing uh, what it is because there's so many layers to it, right? It's like an ogre with uh, with all of its uh, oniony layers. But um I have some definite thoughts and feelings about it, and I just watched it, uh, or you know, kind of little little pieces, and it it, it gave me feelings. Uh, so I do have feelings. I'm not a hundred percent robot. Only like ninety, maybe ninety five, somewhere in that neighborhood. Who wants to put a percentage on it anyway? Uh, Christy has also watched it with me. I remember uh, my very first watching experience was with you during COVID. Do you remember any of it? Yes, no, maybe so. Uh, yeah, I think I do, but. Like when I watched it back lately, like I didn't remember some of the things and I also picked up some other things that I didn't see before. I think when you go back and watch something again, you get, you get more out of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think this time around, I watched it with the express purpose of like knowing I was going to discuss it. Right. And it's like kind of making notes. So maybe a slightly different analytical high than I would have otherwise. I, I guess maybe instead of just letting it wash over me and experiencing it. I was trying to kind of maybe look for meaning in some of it, <laughs> which I don't know. I, I don't think I usually do that. How about you? Yeah, I think it's a different experience when you know you're going to talk with someone about it. You're definitely looking for those little nuggets or those little things that stand out and talk to you. And you're you're looking at it through more of a, uh, yeah, like more, it's a different perspective, I think. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's go ahead and, and dive right in. I'm going to say... Um, on the spot, give me maybe two or three sentences, maybe 15, 20 seconds max. You're going to describe this to somebody. How do you describe it to them? Ooh, the, describe the show? Yeah, show? yeah. Like oh. elevator pitch on here's somebody you think they should watch it. So, yeah. Although each person, it might be different. You might pitch it differently. But just how would you describe this? Uh, I don't know. I it's so many different things, like um, depending on who you're talking to, of course, you're going to pitch it differently, but it's a beautiful play. It's well written. Like, I love the that aspect of it. Um, the performance is awesome as well. Like the way that they performed it is just beyond belief. And um, the story is very captivating as well. So I don't know if I was pitching it to somebody, I would just tell them to watch it because it's really awesome i don't i don't know like yeah yeah play um, you know what you said play and I, I that feels very true to it like it's like a stage production right it's it's akin to a one-man show i i suppose you could say um i i forgot to to say right off the bat kind of spoiler alert if you have not seen this i would say uh go ahead and pause this episode uh like in your youtube or in your podcast or whatever you happen to be doing and you know what go watch it because i would i would hate I would hate for my interpretation to color the way you see it. I, I would love for whoever the listener is or the viewer, I guess some people are watching this. I would love for them to come in blind and just have it 
wash over them. Like I said, just experience it how you would experience it and then come back and, and listen to our, our color commentary here. So definitely, definitely do that. But I thought, you know, maybe we kind of, um, my notes sort of follow the flow of the show. I'm not, uh, I'm not wanting to, to go, I don't know. I don't want to like just basically give an audio version of what the show is, but more or less just discussion points, I guess. And, um, kind of the way some of this stuff made me feel. And so, I mean, it starts, uh, it starts at the stop or rather at the top with the, um, the Rilatista story, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's in a nutshell, someone calls him a Rilatista, right? You know, he somehow mysteriously sees something in him. And I was wondering, do you think most people out there want somebody else to see something in them that they can't even see in themselves? Because, I mean, to me, kind of, that was one of the core pieces of that story was like, this stranger saw something in him that he didn't recognize at all. And then through the course of the show, you you come to find that he believes it to be true. Like he he sees that in himself now. Um, but do you think do you think most people out there want someone to see them? Maybe see something about them they haven't discovered yet. Like is that is do you think that's a want of people? Uh, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. Like I don't know. Um, oh no how, no no! You speak yeah. for all mankind. Right now, that's <laughs> no, how this works. No, 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 that's how no, this no. works. Armchair quarterback. No, if you're on a podcast. Uh, I want you to be opinionated. Tell me what everybody's thinking. I mean, I'll, I'll be opinionated, but <laughs> I have no problem with that. But like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I think you want people to see you, but if if they see something in you that you may not see in yourself, um, if you're maybe you're kind of skeptical of that. I, I mean, I would be. That's just my nature, though. But. Um, so I don't necessarily know if I would want somebody to see something in me that I didn't see, but I definitely like people to see me and see the things that I think I'm good at. Like, I think I love that. Like, I love people celebrating my strengths and like where I see, um, you know, my positives being, I, I like that a lot. And it, I think it is interesting when somebody points out something about you that you didn't necessarily see in yourself. I think that can be interesting and maybe even bring up a new awareness about yourself that um, you learn something about yourself or um, start to see things in yourself that somebody saw. Maybe it's a strength that you didn't know you had. Maybe it'll help you realize that strength. But I don't know. For me personally, I don't I don't know that I've ever experienced that um, really. Hmm. I've had some people... Um, say some stuff to me before and I I can't 100% remember it right now but I remember the kind of the the reaction or the feeling is that they said something that felt very foreign to me like mm-hmm. like maybe they were describing somebody else yeah. um, and it made me want to immediately reject it right you know? like, like skeptical yeah I, even yeah. if it was something positive like my oh, yeah, yeah my brain didn't reconcile it like you know it's got this pattern of who I am and it didn't like fit in there or whatever but what i i think now that i'm thinking it through what i failed to realize at the time then was that they weren't telling me this truth about myself like there's this thing that is definitely uh inside of me it's how they perceive me you know it's it's some a thing i fulfilled for them or or just kind of Mm -hmm. their version of me and i guess maybe i need to be more accepting of that like 
you know what I mean? It's it's that whole idea of like feelings are valid, right? Like then and, and that lives inside of them. I need to be more accepting of uh, that and just see it as maybe like an interesting thing or a, or a data point. Yeah. I mean, also people are looking for things in their daily lives and maybe you gave them a little glimpse of something that they were looking for. So they see that in you. It may not, might not necessarily even be about you at that point. It may be more about them and what they needed. And they just got that from you. Um, so they brought that up. So it could be kind of a mixture of that too. And we we fulfill different things in people um every day like um some they're seeking something and you may um brush on something or whatever um i know at the gym that happens to me sometimes out of uh happenstance or whatever you know so i think that that could be that as well yeah you say uh, i mean i would assume only some people who listen to this know about you so you're kind of a fitness professional so you're in that kind of leadership role in the gym so um, and what I've learned is that you fulfill a lot of roles for a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. It's not just, Hey, I'm going to tell you how to move your body and move this weight and stuff like that. It's, I don't know, you take on this almost a parental slash counselor role. Um, but you've been doing that for so long. It must feel pretty natural, right? Yeah. It, it's like, um, I don't know, you're, you're encouraging them to be the best version of themselves when they walk through that door and you're. You're putting positivity out there into their world that they may not get in their their home life or maybe even outside the gym you're creating an atmosphere that, that's what i try to do with my classes in my fitness world i create an atmosphere that you want to come back to that is inviting and you feel accomplished and hopefully happier before you leave my classes i hope i hope <laughs> All right. so that that makes me so let's let's bring it back to the yeah. people see something in you that you don't see like uh do you ever tell somebody like when you see something quirky uh, about them? Do you ever do you ever do you ever do that? Or if somebody says something quirky to you, or maybe you probably don't get it, but constructive feedback, you know, like like how, what does your brain do with that stuff when you hear it? Uh, most of the time, it it wants to reject it. Of course, like that's that's human nature, right? Is we that the default? To... Like I, I genuinely don't yeah. know how other people I mean, tend to that's... take that stuff from my experience and talking to other people about it is like yeah that's pretty natural reaction is to say oh no <laughs> i don't know why you see that about me or I, I don't see that in myself or whatever you know that little i don't know if it's self-doubt or if it's just like you want to you want to believe um and live in your comfort zone or whatever that may be but um definitely is that's the trend mm, yeah to only to only say positive things I don't know, man. I like I like being constructive, but I like I almost like the challenge of forming something constructive so that it is a positive and and not uh, interpreted negatively. Although you don't get to completely control that, but I guess through your body language, through your words, through the tone of your voice, right? You can you can kind of do that sometimes. I'm not sure how often in like in the the gym world you you try and you know I mean. Hmm. What if somebody is really stinky and they have bad BO? You're gonna you're gonna drop a subtle hint? Uh hopefully so, because we're in pretty close proximity <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Or if I don't, one of the older ladies definitely will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Well, it's like when you're working in a professional setting, especially if it's like your coworkers, it's like at some point you gotta you gotta figure out how to broach that subject and it's tough. And like I've I've been there, like literally with the stinky thing. Um Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's like it's it's tough, especially like the the person had anosmia, which means like they can't really smell. So it's like, oh, bruh, you know, it's like we need to have a a conversation, not a close one. You stay over there at that table, but let's have a cover, you know, from distance. No, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me uh, let me look at my notes as well. Did you have any other thoughts about the Rolatista story before I uh, usher us on? Uh, I don't know. I have like a little takeaway that was like a big one for me is like using labels to define people corrupts the way that they actually see themselves, you know, and, and how they identify. So like we were talking about, you see something in someone else that they don't necessarily see. Oh, that could be good or that could be detrimental to them, depending on, you know, how you relay the message or if they think that that thing that you see is actually a a bad thing about them and they take it to be um you know take it the other way so you could actually kind of tint their tint their view there on themselves too so you gotta i don't know be crafty with your words like you said yeah yeah so you're jumping in uh, to me this feels like a perfect segue into a section almost at the end so i'll go ahead and jump there and then we'll loop back around but what you're saying there um really feels like it relates to the elephant story do you remember that one yeah 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 where you know, and, and everybody's heard this story before, right? Like, uh, you know, a bunch of blind guys uh, feel different parts of a creature and they all, you know, see something crazy, you know, whatever. They, well, they don't see because they're blind, but they feel the different crazy things. And then, you know, they each think individually it's something very abstract. And then when they all come together and discuss, they determine it's an elephant, right? So that's kind of based on that. Um, the interesting takeaway on this uh for me and tying into what you said there is um is that he says you know nobody in the telling of that story ever takes into consideration what the elephant thought about this you know and what if by chance they were right the first time around maybe it's this magical creature that does embody right. all of these things and it made me wonder cuz you know it happens but how often does it happen and how much pressure does it take for this to happen? But, you know, maybe you are this magical creature and just everyone around you tells you, no, you're not. You're not special. You know, you're not special in that way or this way. You don't have any aptitude for that or this. So you just accept the form they've told you that you are, right? You accept that you are an elephant because everyone around you tells you that. And so you shrink or you minimize or you conform to this mold for them how often do you think that kind of thing happens for people and you know maybe it doesn't have to be in a big way maybe it's in little ways yeah i i think that that um that does happen quite a bit whether it's in like uh little ways or big ways i think it can can be um i don't know people hold themselves back a lot and i think that that um, those self-limiting beliefs are part of why, but also, um, you know, if people never see you in a different light, then you don't see yourself that way either sometimes. I don't know. Or maybe people don't reinforce the way you feel. So maybe you feel this way, but you just need one person to see that about you and acknowledge it for it to be, because uh, I... <laughs> This isn't an affliction of mine, but I know a lot of people are in their head a lot, right? And they second guess and they not only second guess, they third guess, fourth guess. You know, they just replay something and they're like, well, maybe, maybe I am not this 
special thing or, or whatever. You know, they're just beating themselves up. So maybe just the fact that nobody else acknowledges it. Do you think that's almost, or do you think that could be a thing? Yeah, I mean, it definitely can be a thing. I mean, anything can be a thing, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. There's lots of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think some people exist and they don't ever question anything about their true selves. They live for other people always, always. And so I, um, I think people get lost too in the daily shuffle of things as well. And so they don't even, maybe nobody ever sees them um, at all. I don't know. It can it can be a lot of things, right? Mm. You know, it, there's there's a common thread that runs through all this stuff, and um, it definitely comes home in the end. You know, so I I don't want to jump completely to the end. I mean, we got to backtrack a little bit, but the idea of that just occurred to me, like the idea that you know maybe there are these special things about you, and you know it, and you show it, and that just that part of you is squished or contained. But never truly contained, right? Never truly given up. I think, I think it, it it creeps out in different ways, probably through resentment or anger or disobedience, right? You know, it's like you, you fight against the man. But it also makes me wonder. You know, you maybe you think there is this special thing, and you just you just need that confirmation. You need somebody else to say the mouth words. You know, because it's so easy to um, not say anything or not do you know, just to just exist and not see the special things in the people around you and identify them and just, you know, appreciate them for it. Because it, it only takes, how long does it take? Three seconds to say something kind to somebody? You know, and maybe that's that confirmation they needed. You know, that like, you know, yeah, I am good at playing the kazoo. You're right. You know, I don't know. <laughs> like, whatever it is, you know, that thing. Um, that's fun and interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you can spread kindness by just saying hi to somebody in the parking lot at the grocery store. And that, that could go a long way, depending on what that person's going through that day or whatever. It could change their whole, uh, you know, day. It can make them have a whole lot of, of joy just from having that little human interaction. You can introduce that positivity into their life. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you can go deeper. I mean, to me, that's what that's another one of the core tenets of this show is that you can go deeper. You know, yeah, you, you you can you can see what's below the surface, you know. And, and I think a lot of this is, I mean, honestly, I think the whole moral of this is see people for who they are, you know, and, and how do you do that? That's another fascinating question. Like, how do you, how do you do that? And he tells story to story, um, in these various ways and kind of builds to a crescendo. I don't know that he ever gives you concrete ways of doing it, but I think that's truly the whole point of this thing is to see other people, you know, and that, that kind of transitions me roughly, not smoothly, but roughly to uh, kind of the second segment of this. It's like, it's sort of built into various segments. I think six different segments and you'll understand the symbolism uh, once you watch it. I mean, obviously Hopefully you've watched it, but I'm trying not to completely spoil everything if you haven't. Um, but uh, he's doing this piece about a ship's log. And I thought that's a really fascinating piece. Uh, and it's it's utilized in every show. Um, and it's kind of past 
from point to point. Um, and the person who's given the ship's log has to stop watching the show. And uh, like I said, at some point he says, there's going to be an elephant that appears and you're not going to get to see it because you have to go home and they go home with the ship's log, right? So we kind of are doing things out of order a little bit. But what occurred to me on that one was that this person gets to tell the story. They get to write the story in this log about what happens for the rest of the show. They get to determine what happens tomorrow. Like, or the next 30 minutes when I'm gone, what actually occurs. And it, it kind of made me, it kind of made me think like something's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what it is, but what if I write the story for what tomorrow is, or I'm going to go to this track meet, right? Or I'm going to, I'm going to go to the school dance or I'm going to, I'm going to go meet with this customer. What keeps me from writing the story of what's going to happen there and then manifesting it, making it that way, right? And then keeping that positive outlook. Maybe it doesn't go 100% according to script, but I don't know that in my life I've ever tried that because I've always been too afraid to hope for something good to happen because in my early years, it happened so infrequently that it was a fool's errand to let myself have any hope at all. And I find that I still do that. I don't, I don't hope, I don't dream. But what, what if, what if I did? And then I worked to manifest that. That's what I took away from that. I, I that may not have, I, that's probably, like I said, I watched this with the idea of uh, what's the lesson uh, here? What can I learn from this? And that was one that I uh, I took away. Do you do that? Do you, do you hope? Do you have dreams for things in the future and then do or don't work towards them? You just kind of see how the chips fall? Like what's, I've never, literally never asked you that. I've only known you 26 years, but oh, today seems like a good day to ask you that. I've <laughs> only been married for 26 years, yeah. We haven't been married that long. Holy cow. We didn't get married at 16. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been like 20 years we've been married. <laughs> but now, do you, do you like hope for things in the future? Do you like make, make dreams and stuff? Mm. Not really. Like, I, I don't really do that. Like, I know a lot of women especially have dreamed about their wedding day or whatever that is. Hmm. I never I never really did that either. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not, like, one of those fantasy fairy tale people. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, like, hope. Yeah, you always hope for the best, right? It's like, that's a, I don't know. Like, it doesn't have to be a big thing for hope to exist. In my world, anyways, but I think um, I think hoping for something is something I I do. Um, I don't know. I've got as far as like uh, I don't know. I'm kind of losing the thread here as I overthink it. But <laughs> second 
you know, mm-hmm. rethink it and then forethink it and then yeah, fifth think it. Yeah, like yeah. what? What? No, what? no. I yeah, that's cool. I um, I just don't. I honestly, I think I don't really think about the past. I don't really think about the future. I'm about a week in the future. That's uh, like that's kind of it. Like I, I, I just that's the way my brain works. I just live sort of in this little pocket, this little window, and I just, you know, solve problems. And, and put things on spreadsheets and schedule for when stuff needs to you know what I mean it's like just kind of how I exist I don't really think a lot into the future it makes me wonder if I would be happier like you know like because I, I know when I have things coming up that are fun or whatever I love looking forward to that stuff you know I'm not necessarily I haven't been one of those people that works for the weekend for a really long time but I don't know that I would necessarily be any happier or less happy doing it that way i know not being disappointed by stuff is is nice there's that (laughs) right i mean when you set expectations and you don't meet them it can be devastating sometimes so it's like yeah are you setting yourself up for um disappointment with some of that sometimes i think yes you are but also is the hope stronger than that i don't know sometimes Mm. i guess it could be and I guess too, like what are the stakes on this thing? Like if it's something right. pretty small. It, no yeah, it all depends on what yeah, what you're doing there. Yeah. I remember the last <laughs> thing I wanted to like hope for was was uh switching to a new job uh with a group of people that I really wanted to work with. And I wouldn't allow myself to do it because it would have been a devastating thing. I was just in a really bad place and I needed to move and this would have been an awesome move. And it it, it came to fruition and it wasn't and it was amazing. It was so much better. Uh, for me and for mental health, for us overall, right? So it's, I wanted to hope for that, but I wouldn't allow myself just because I, you know, woof, like I would have been wrecked. Right. On the other side, if if it didn't happen, the devastation would have been too great. Yeah, because I needed that relief. I needed to know everything was going to be okay and that we would be taken care of. And it was just, there was a lot on the line, you know, so mm-hmm. just staying even, staying in control, you know, this is one of those things that I just, yeah. I, like I, always task myself with which honestly keeps me steady and um it's like a thing what was your what was your takeaway from the ship's log stuff did you have anything specific from kind of the concept uh nothing specific from that like i was just thinking about from my perspective of doing that like that's all a big task to take on is like to write the rest of the story like oh my gosh that's a lot of pressure it brings on anxiety just thinking about it actually <laughs> like in the moment for like the guys of this show like, like if you were given the lock yeah what, if you were the one that was chosen to write the well, story for the you next... had to raise your hand i think to, yeah. to do it <laughs> it's not like it's not like, it's like they were like whoa. forcing you to do it that's a lot of pressure you know <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't seem exciting to uh, invent what the rest of the story would be. If you can get past the anxiety, just I guess purely, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so just pure anxiety. I uh, I think yeah, okay. I, I see I see where we're going. I'm sensing yeah. a theme here. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I get it. <laughs> what is it? Just pressure of like, like I'm going to screw this up somehow. No, not to screw it up, but like uh, I think just setting those expectations and like. Um, you have like you're wanting to do so good of a job and mm. uh then you just i don't know it's like uh you set these big high expectations and maybe you won't live up to them or maybe the story would never be good enough to live up to those expectations that you have i don't know i do that to myself a lot but 
Um, even yeah, for like, stuff that nobody else is going to see. Yeah. Or stuff that doesn't even matter. Like little things can be like such, so daunting sometimes when you like let that, um, kind of build up on you there. Why? Is but let, I'm going to backtrack to hopes because, you know, for myself, like I don't really hope and dream, but like for our kids, I do hope and dream for them. Like I, I can do that with no, no problems. Like I have big hopes and dreams for them and well wishes and like all that stuff. And like, you know, I can, I can play out the rest of their lives and to, and like, I can do that for them. And, That's and wild. There. Yeah. But not like for me, I've never like, I've never really done that. It's, I just, that was a happenstance thought that popped into my head. <laughs> fun. Yeah. For them, I, my hope is that they have more pleasure than pain. Yeah. That's it. I just want them to have more good days and bad days and, you know, navigate their world or, and be kind to others and, and spread that kindness, you know, like a virus. That's, that's generally, that's pretty much like it's, it's pretty thin sliver. I don't, I don't, my, my hopes and imaginings aren't too rich and complex for them. I just, you know, be good people and have fun, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, that, that's, um, that's the base of the hopes, right? <laughs> Those things. But then like, you know, have a, have a su successful career. <laughs> Can you speak? No, I can't. Um, I don't know. It's like, you want to see them be happy. Yes. In their own right, but also be successful in life and uh, whatever that means for them. It could be a, a career. It could just be that they, uh, you know, do, do whatever they, that is, that makes them happy. But I don't know. Just I get that, it. You want them yeah. out of your house. Get a job. Get out of my house. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got plans. I need to travel. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, get. I know, dude. I can't yeah. keep running you around. Jeez. <laughs> get your crap together, dude. Uh, dudes, I should say. We got a bunch of uh, bunch of testosterone in this hell. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's uh, transition over to the time between dog and wolf. So previously I've like narrated my thoughts on it. I'm going to let you give your thoughts first. And let's go that way. Let's be, let's be a little bit more uh, democratic about it. <laughs> let's go Dutch here. Okay. I have, I have notes on that. I just need to find them somewhere. Cause I don't remember his story that well about that actually. Okay. But it was something about like uh, the darkness causes you to not be able to know what creature is there. Or right, right, right. It's it's that it's that time of day. It's like dusk, right, where it's not quite night and it's not quite day. And if you if it's you're looking at the horizon where the sun is setting, and there's something between you and that horizon, you can't really tell friend from foe in that scenario, right? Like you can't tell is this a dog coming towards me or is it a wolf, right? dog meaning friend wolf meaning foe so that's kind of the the moral of the story you have to be careful in those times right yeah i was trying to find my notes on it i don't, I don't even know like i i have a little bit of notes on it but i didn't really that story must not have really clicked but, with me in, in the same way that it did to you because i just wrote down like Dogs like to please people. You need to be a wolf. Like I ripped that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, something. A little, um, little glimpse inside of my world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're, you and I are definitely independent thinkers, and um, we we don't like being told what to do by anybody. Um, 
I mean, sometimes I tell myself I need to do something and then I have to spite myself and not do it. No, uh, <laughs> no, but it, I mean, so much to so is like we we raised our kids that way to be independent right. and leaders. You know, um, so many people are just willing to accept what's given to them and, and not ask for what they require. And um, to me also, you know, the idea of being a leader is means you take care of your people, right? So many people are willing to to speak up and um, my inability to speak up and my willingness and desire so much to trust people is almost uh, lost people I love without, you know, so it's, it's become a kind of a core part of me to question things and to, to make sure uh, needs, not just wants are, are actually taken care of. But the, the time between wolf and dog makes me think about how, you know, this is in reference to people. You know, we're not we're not really talking about animals out there. And um, how do you know friend from foe? Mm. And how do you how do you protect yourself, right? Or or try and divine this stuff really quickly? Um, I know I personally wasn't great at that um, for a lot of my life. I am just by nature somebody who wants to take everybody at their word and trust and believe in the kindness of people. And I, I still am very much that same person. I just don't let people take advantage of me anymore. Right? That, that, that part of uh, my life is uh, over. You know, that, uh, that kiosk is closed. The machine is, is, is offline. You can't go in there and uh, get free tickets out of it anymore. But it also makes me think, you know, it's not just, you know, maybe somebody's going to take advantage of business or uh, take advantage of your friendship. You know, it also makes me think about, you know, what do you need to protect yourself from? Obviously in business, I don't want somebody to, you know, pull out of a contract early because one line of wording was wrong. Hmm. wonder if that's ever happened to Greg yeah, before. That, that sounds very specific. <laughs> sounds very recently familiar. Uh, no, or... Um, you know, you, you don't want to think that you've got um, a, a quote unquote friend that's just taking, taking, take, taking all the time, whether it's physically or emotionally. They just take, 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 and there's no reciprocation there, you know. Um, nobody wants to think about that either. But also, it makes me think in, you know, kind of um, meetings, like when I, I meet people, you know, the, the idea of, is this person friend or foe? Like, you know, I'm maybe there's it's low stakes or whatever. Um, I think a lot of people stay very guarded all the time. And I've learned that um, I don't care whether somebody is a dog or a wolf. I don't care anymore if they're friend or foe, right? If they're a wolf, I am 10 times the size a wolf as they are. So they can't hurt me. So I've gotten to the point now where I can say anything to anyone they can ask me anything and I can answer because I am so unassailable there's nothing they could do to harm me so I don't I was thinking about this like it it dawned on me like I don't fear anyone in that way right like in that social aspect obviously there's people out there that are dangerous you know unhinged um, want to rob you or something like this that's that's definitely not what I'm talking about right I'm more talking about kind of you know, is somebody going to take advantage of me, you know, emotionally or 
like in business or anything like it's like I don't I don't worry about that emotional part of it anymore. Like it's I'm just bulletproof. You know, some people say that you should have boundaries. And I say, can you give me the definition of that? I haven't, I don't, I don't understand. What is, how do you pronounce that with boundaries? How does that work? Yeah, like I just, it doesn't exist for me. It's, and I was thinking it's because, I don't know, like either my um, brain doesn't register it or I've just gotten to a point where I, I don't care. It sounds like mental deficiency, right? <laughs> no, I mean... You know, it works for you, so you have to do that. But, uh, <laughs> it it could be taxing on other people, yes. <laughs> so, dog and wolf, do you still feel like when you meet somebody, you have to like have that wall up? Like it's it's important. And why do you, if it is, because I I might just be projecting here, but if it is important, why do you think it's important? Like how how is it that you think? Like some people are different where they need to do that. Where they need to protect themselves or what? Yeah, yeah. From like, hey, I'm meeting you and I need to be very like cautious. Because some people yeah. aren't very cautious. Why do you think that's I important? Mean, I enter into every encounter cautiously. Like I have no problem saying that out loud. Um, I'm very... Um, you need to prove yourself to me first before uh, this relationship can go anywhere. Like I, <laughs> I that's just me by nature. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that has a lot to do with like back issues and all of that stuff, like back um, to childhood and hmm. all that stuff. I've been trained that way to, uh, to make sure I was safe in, in those environments hmm. or, you know, so I think out of a, out of precaution now and, um, it's become it's a handy tool like i um it is handy sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's unneeded like it's it's not necessary in every situation but um that doesn't mean i still don't allow it to happen like i feel like it uh i don't i don't see any harm in it for me like for my my perspective so that's just how i do it <laughs> well now that i've rambled for you know, what, half hour about dog and wolf. Do you have any takes on that or any viewpoints that you're interested in discussing? No, I mean, like every, every situation is a little shaded, you know, depending on and your perspective is also um, colored from your life experiences or oh, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, two people coming into the same situation often have different feelings about the same exact situation that just transpired neither one of them are going to come out with the exact same thoughts on that or feelings about that so um but like seeing a different thing and you know i think people can be both wolf and dog like i, I think in some aspects you may be a wolf and then in some aspects you may be mm, a dog 100%. so i you know i don't think that those two things are like they can't coexist because they absolutely can um, and, and in some aspects, you allow yourself to be a dog when you need to be in, and you're really a wolf just pretending to be a dog. So it's like, uh, there's, there's situations for that to, to, uh, happen. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. I don't know, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just me all the time. It's so hard for me to think of somebody like 
doing a thing. You know, I've, I've had somebody, I don't remember who it was, and I don't remember when it was, but they were like, you know, I, I, I am kind of guarded um, when I, uh, you know, like try and make new friends or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you change that behavior? If you had to give anybody advice, what do you think you would, you would offer them? How do you change that behavior? Well, yeah. first you have to be become self-aware of that behavior and know that oh. you're doing that and then figure out why you're doing that. And uh, once you have the root cause of why you're doing that, then when you see that uh, that mechanism activate, like you come into that situation, you have to practice to turn it off or to, um, to, to, to repeat to yourself too, like, I'm safe here. This is okay. Yeah, this is a not a needed behavior right now. Like you can, you can let your guard down. You can do this. Um, like those kind of things you have to, to retrain your brain in those patterns. If you, if that's a behavior that you want to, to change. Yeah. Mm. What I told him is get some practice, like in yeah. some low pressure situations, you're practice. I don't know. You're standing in line at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Just practice, practice with the person next to you. You're like zero stakes. Like nothing's going to happen. You know, just get those right. reps in, right? That kind of stuff's like any other muscle, right? If you practice it you'll yeah. get better sort of thing mm -hmm. if you want to yeah <laughs> yeah if you want to exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly okay yeah, like in, in my case i became self-aware about it and i uh actually i don't i i mean i don't think it's a, a bad thing like i don't think that it needs to really change like, for, right. for it, me it's like, not detrimental to your life right uh, mm -mm. right it's not like holding you back from something right yeah, yeah. so i think like, you have to have to assess that for yourself and figure out like is it something i actually want to change and need to change or is it just like is that just something about me that i now know about myself and yeah i think it's a good point like just because society says that this is what everybody does if it's not detrimental to you doesn't mean you necessarily need to add it in your repertoire i i'm not a big fan of of comparing yourself against the template of society and saying, oh, I, I, I must be wrong. This is bad. I need to change this thing. You know, if it's, you're just a quiet person, that doesn't mean you're bad or wrong. You know, you don't have to be the life of the party, you know, like uh, as, as every college movie is popularized, you know, you don't have to be the guy out there uh, doing keg stance or whatever. You could just be you, find your tribe and be happy. But, you know, if it is some behavior that was like, man, I wish I could do more of this or that. Then, um, yeah, or if it's holding you back in some way, you definitely yeah. want to look at that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, let's transition over to kind of his, his next segment. And in that one, um, he was, um, he was doing magic, right? So as a kid, he grew up doing a lot of magic. I actually read his, um, biography as well, and it was really good. Um, actually, you, you get a lot more into his mind. And, um, as somebody who's, kind of operated in and around the, the neurodivergent community for a while. He's definitely, uh, he's one of us, you know, um, which I think is, is, you know, clearly apparent when you, when you really, uh, read his book, which I think is really cool. Um, I was digressing, going down a little rabbit hole. Anyway, he's talking about his magic, right. And how he hyper-focused on it. Hmm. Indicator number one, uh, you know, like hyper-focused on, on that piece of it. Um, but what really struck me is you hear a lot of people, <clears throat> or maybe you don't, but I like watch a lot of magicians on YouTube and I've talked to a bunch of them and stuff like that. 
And one of the things that they found is like, as soon as they, you know, they were intrigued by magic, they thought it was cool. And then they learned a little bit. And when they showed somebody else, it got this reaction, right? It became this tool they could use for building bridges. You know, they could um, uh, kind of knock down some barriers, whatever it was for them. Like they were the quiet kid or, you know, it was, it was hard to make new friends or whatever. And it became this conduit uh, to do those things. But for him, it was different for him he had a really good mastery of a lot of the things he was doing and he found the more he showed it to people the more he realized that they didn't appreciate it in the same ways he did and he didn't like that you know it's like you don't enjoy this the way i do mm-hmm. so he started hiding that away from other people i found that interesting i i was I was trying to think if I've ever had anything in my life that was like that, where I truly enjoyed something in a specific way. And, you know, it could have maybe brought me attention or whatever, but people didn't appreciate it like me. So I, I hid it from others. I, I, I generally couldn't think of anything is that, but then again, I'm not, you know, I'm not sort of on the average, I'm a weirdo. So do you think that's more of something people neurotypicals or just average folks like experience oh i don't know like i'm not average you can't say yeah you are no you're above average average. you're like six foot um (laughs) no like is that something you've ever experienced uh i don't think i've ever like experienced that like personally hiding something but like definitely um like people have love languages or whatever and if you're not if you're loving person if you're loving someone in a way that you love but it's not necessarily speaking to them in their love language like i can like it's kind of the same thing there um i don't know about hiding like hiding it away or whatever but it's definitely you you can you don't feel appreciated or you don't feel like they're appreciating it in the same way that you would so it um it i guess it it's all in a, in how you look at it. But you could also look at it in another way and say that it's pretty awesome that they can appreciate it in a totally different way than you do. And they're still enjoying it, even if it's not in the same ways that you enjoy it. They're still getting something out of it and you're still putting, you know, something in their world that wouldn't exist otherwise. It can still be a beautiful thing. But I don't know. Like I, in my own personal experience, no, I don't think I've ever... Um, had a thing that somebody wasn't enjoying the same way that I did and like hid it away. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a thing that I have done. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You talked about, you know, if somebody has a different love language, which I mean, to you, what does that mean? Like you like physical touch and somebody doesn't necessarily enjoy that. Does that mean you start pulling back? It's like, you don't share Mm -hmm. that. Is it kind of where you're going with it? Yeah, or like, you know, that they don't enjoy it in that way and it doesn't mean as much to them. So you you won't use that love language as much as you normally would. But that's one of your your basic ones or whatever, you know. So you want to give love in the same way that you want to receive it. But if they don't like that and it's not working for them, you might, yeah, reserve that one for for another time or whatever. And, um, you know, do one that they actually enjoy because it um, it helps them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, I bet, this is speculation, I bet he doesn't feel the same about it anymore. To me, that sounds like uh, youth. 
you know what I mean? It sounds like inexperience with the world or, or maybe other people. And mm-hmm. um, I bet now he sees it for the bridge that it is, or maybe not. I mean, maybe it still feels like, maybe it still feels like there's people out there, a handful of people that do appreciate it in the same way. And he wants to share it with them, but everybody else, you know, he's just, he's just doing a job, you know, for, you know, it's just keeping the lights on. Yeah. My takeaway from that was like, he wanted everybody to see it exactly like he saw it. He wanted them to see what he saw and you just can't like in life, you can't get like everybody can't see exactly the same picture that you've colored in your mind like that's colored by a lot of your own feelings and your own experiences and stuff like that and you may be able to color it beautiful in your mind but you may not be able to relay it to the to the other people in that brilliant way or in that way that touches them in the same ways that it touched you so it's like um I, I get what he's saying like he he wanted people to see exactly what he saw because it was so awesome to him and um you know he appreciated it in that way and he wanted to to see their reaction the same way that he would have reacted to it but you know like people just i don't know, people are people and they have their yeah. own experiences and their own um their own way to react to things and they may appreciate it and they may even have those same feelings that you want them to have. They're just not showing them in the ways that you can see them. Yeah. It made me think like maybe, maybe he wanted to see it spark joy in them the same way. Right. right? Like light them up in the same way and have them feel special or feel different about it in that same way. Yeah. That's like, you know, I like it when people like I, you watch a movie and you say, "Oh, this was thing was awesome because of this and this," and they're like, "Dude, you're liking it the wrong way." It's like I don't think you get to say that, right? It's like there's no wrong way to like something. Yeah, or like um, you know, if you enjoy a food, you want somebody to enjoy it in the same way that you do, like cookies and milk. You enjoy cookies and milk. Well, some somebody might like really cold milk. Somebody may enjoy warm milk with their cookies. Like you don't get to to say which way is better or whatever. So I, I mean, think, so- have you ever drinking warm milk? Me? Uh, yeah, I have. It's not it's not the same. For me, I like <laughs> I like cold milk. I can tell you that. I don't You're think enjoying I've ever, it wrong. I don't think I've ever drank cold milk. I mean, this is coming from the lady who puts ice in her orange juice because she wants it really cold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> talking about mental mental deficiencies. There we are. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. So let's move on to kind of his next section where he talks about secrets. And he says um, you know, cause he, like at a young age, he finds out his mom is, is gay and it doesn't necessarily seem like he's got a problem with it, you know, per se, um, understands it as best a child can. Um, but it's the world around him that, that has a problem with it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he said secrets have a weight yeah. and that you can only carry it so long cause it's heavy. Right. And keeping other people's secrets, um, you know, it causes that weight to be even heavier sometimes when it's not your secret. You're holding a secret for someone else. It's, yeah. uh, it can be like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it seems like there's two different things there. Like you have secret that you want to keep. That may be one thing, but when you have a somebody else's secret and they're not willing to share that with the world and it is also causing a burden on you and your well-being or whatever, that's a double-weighted one right there so it's even harder to deal with that <laughs> I, would, I would think in in my um opinion and perspective it, it would be harder 
to keep that double secret than it would be to keep just a secret for yourself. Yeah. There's so many more feelings attached to it yeah. and so much more. Especially when that other person's secret doesn't need to be a secret. They well, they determine the world's not ready for it or they're they're terrified of this or that. And you know in reality it's like well, this isn't a, a real worry. Is it's your reality, not theirs. And so you don't get to say that that doesn't need to be a secret for that other person because they have a totally different reality than you do. Yeah, I know. So, you know, it's, it's, that's a hard one, a really hard one. I know. I know. I know. It's better just to not have feelings. It's like everything's just a logical decision. It's simple. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I know. I know I have feelings for sure. Um, you absolutely have feelings. Yeah. But yeah, it just feels like, Keeping secrets isn't fruitful. It's like, what's mm -hmm. the point? I, I've i got to the point, well, I mean, obviously, if somebody gives me a secret, I have to put it in the vault, which is annoying. But I don't, like, generate my own. I mean, it goes back to that thing, oh, I'll tell anybody anything about me, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, <laughs> and sometimes uh, my partner, which, you know, you're not supposed to do that, I've learned. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you... If you don't hide anything, then nothing is a secret. So then you never have to bear the weight of keeping secrets. Mm. Like, so oof, for my brain, that is so much easier just to just say anything anywhere at any time and not have to like keep track of what am I supposed to keep in the vault and not. I mean, obviously, you know, things you're not supposed to you know, say. I mean, that's not in question necessarily, but it's just so much easier to just always do that because it's I don't know keeping a secret feels kind of like a like a, a different flavor of lying to me you know like it's just, just like they're almost the same right because if somebody asks you something about that secret what do you do you have to generate a lie to protect said secret so it's basically like a lit fuse on a lie that's going to have to come up because of the secret so why even do it? Like, why even put yourself in the position where you might have to lie? Like, I don't, I don't ever want to do any of that. that. Necessarily, like, I don't feel like you would necessarily have to lie. You can just say, you know what, I can't. That's something I, I'm not willing to talk about yet, or I, I can't. Like, we can't talk about that. You don't have to lie about it. You don't have to make up some other untruth about it. You can just say, stop it right there at that um, surface area and say, that's a, well, that's a. All right. So somebody says, all right. Did Christy take the cookie and have to say, that's not something I'm willing to talk about. <laughs> it's like, bruh, I think I you mean, <laughs> just told, you know what I mean? It's like, right. Well, that's a, in like, that's a, such a small little secret there. You would not, nobody would ask you to keep a secret about who took a cookie. Like, that's but so no, I, I think you, you can see, <laughs> you can, nah, it's just a, it's just to illustrate. You could see what if it's a bigger thing, right? Mm -hmm. That by, by saying, by answering in that way, you obviously answer it in the wrong way that you aren't supposed to. You know what I mean? Like this isn't somebody, uh, you know, this isn't your secret to tell. And, you know, maybe it is theoretically somewhat damaging for this other person's, you know, to this other person. You know, say they might lose their job. Mm -hmm. um, say, you know, because of their sexual orientation, your boss may figure out a way to get rid of them, right? And so that's not your secret to tell, right? Mm -hmm. And we live in the world we live in and, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, I can't answer that question right now? You know what I mean? It's like, it almost feels like, yeah, like you have to 
lie. Because if you say, you know what, I, I don't really know. Maybe you should ask them. That's lying, right? Because you do know. So I just like, I hate, I hate lying. I hate somebody trying to put me in a position where I might have to lie. I understand sometimes mm-hmm. stuff has to do it and, you know, you have to share your struggles with other people, you know, it lessens the burden and honestly gives you viewpoints that you wouldn't have and maybe some fruitful information, but it's just, uh, I hate that. I hate the idea of it. So many secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. But also it's like, like you said, it's not your secret to tell. And sometimes it can be damaging to that person, even if it's, uh, it's just that, I mean, it can be as simple as your sexual orientation, like that, this world that we live in, unfortunately, it could be that. And uh, it could put you in danger. I mean, that that's just another thing that's wrong with our world. But um, it's (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, it is. That's a heavy one to bear. But also that is not your secret to share with the person that's asking that they they shouldn't have asked you that like that honestly it's like <laughs> yeah, i know but yeah. stuff happens right you know you, you find yourself I don't know. in like, situations I feel like hopefully you would head that off before it ever got to there but i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know some people i don't know like it's just, yeah. you know stuff happens yeah absolutely you can find yourself in that situation yeah absolutely. and i used to think of us as protectors you know we protect other people and you know, we go out of our way to do that sometimes. And, you know, you find yourself in sticky situations. I don't know. There's just, that was, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? Again, I, I, I told you I was going to start letting you lead with your thoughts on these things. But yeah, I mean, every secret does have a weight. That is, that is a truth statement right there. There's <laughs> like, uh, whether that weight is on you or whoever it's on it, like every secret does have a weight. And, um, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. When, especially when it's a, a child holding a secret for an adult, I feel like that's um even worse situation there. Yeah. But um Do you feel like yeah. everybody should um have a confidant? So if anybody ever wants me to to occasionally somebody will say, You can't tell anybody this, but and I'll say, I'm gonna stop you right there. If you tell me, Christy knows. I was like, I'm I'm gonna tell her. So as long as you're okay with her knowing, feel free. Go ahead. You know, it's like, so you're, you're like, I say the vault, you are part of the vault, right? You're my confidant as well. So do you think everybody should have a confidant or do you think uh, everybody should have a vault within a vault that even you don't tell your confidant stuff about? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Um, I think it depends on the person really. Like I, uh, I think there are people that wouldn't be able to have a confidant because they they couldn't even trust that person enough to confide in them like their uh whatever's in their brain is telling them that that's an unsafe situation to do that so i think there are those types of people out there that would definitely not have a confidant and they would take those secrets to the grave with them like nobody would ever know those things uh for me i like to share that stuff like i feel like it's heavy if you don't have a confidant to share to share with like you could mentally like mental health wise it's i don't for me i don't think that's a good a good thing um whether that be a therapist or whether that be somebody in your life that you trust enough to to hold those secrets for you or to share that vault space with 
um, that's that that's up to you how you do that. But I do think that it could be yeah healthier for your your mental health anyways to have someone to share that burden with. Yeah, that's so funny. I was just like in my head, I was like, what if you're, you know, you're like, I don't really have a lot of friends. I don't have anybody I trust in that way that would hold my seat. You just you know, nail on the yeah. head, like, like a, like a, a life coach or a therapist or somebody, right? Like somebody you could, you know, yeah. that it's like a trusted third party that, yeah. that, yeah. One of the core parts of their job is to right. like it's, maintain it's, confidentiality. Yeah. <laughs> it's to keep that vault. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that didn't occur to me, but yeah, that absolutely makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well, at the end of that story, you know, because like uh, the portion of that, there's like this brick and going through a, a piece of glass, right? And he, he pulls out the brick and uh, he talks about how some people yelled some amazingly horrible things or something like that or basically left a horrible message and then threw a brick through their window mm -hmm. you know and then he drops it on the floor mm -hmm. and he says you, you know this was just a brick but now that I've told you that story you can't see it as a brick anymore it's not just a brick and you know, I think the real moral of that story was talking about him as a child. You know, other kids found out that his mom was gay. And, you know, that was who he was. He was the kid with the gay mom, right? You can't see him as just a kid anymore. You, he's not just a brick. Now he's this other thing. And I think a lot of us have big, huge things that happen to us in our lives, right? Like things that shouldn't define us, but somehow do. I think a lot of kids in school have something happen to them and then that's their uh, defining uh, moniker, at least, you know, for the rest of school or whatever. I think a lot of times in life, people get judged by some of the lowest moments of their life and that sucks. I was curious what your uh, your take on the, the brick piece was. Does that seem true? Yeah, that that's uh that part was really impactful. Um that where he says you'll never see that brick the same way again and that that is so true because you'll never see it the same way again. Um just I don't know like all that weight, you know, he he didn't ask for any of that to happen to him and now he's judged by that, you know. And that's such a, a heavy heavy thing to bear especially as a child high school and middle school is already difficult with all the stuff that's going on there in your adolescent period and all that but to have these other things and now to be judged um on something you have no control over and you can't uh you can't change it and it's going to impact you no matter what you do you can't run from it it's part of your life like you you didn't choose it but you have to you have to bear it um yeah i think most people encounter that at some point in their life. They, you know, like they get bullied at school for something or you get embarrassed at school for, I don't know what, falling off your bike <laughs> in front of people <laughs> or, I don't know, spilling food on yourself in the cafeteria or whatever the, whatever it is. And th those moments are huge in that moment. Like you feel like that is the end of your being, you know, you want to just crawl under the thing and like go away and never come back and hide <laughs> Um, but for him, like there's, you can't hide from that. And even if those people, you get away from those people, 
Well, you're gonna have to relive that again when you go to a new place or to a new setting. You know, you're that's something that is reality for you, and you're never gonna be able to to control how other people see that part of you. Like, and you you can't control that because it's not it's not your story, but it is it is your story. You know, it's like you can't get separation from that. It's your parents. It's that's you have to uh, you have to be in that whether you want to be or you don't want to be, but it's like, he can't run from it. Cause even if he did, somebody would find out somewhere else and he would have to relive it all again. So it's like, it's, it's very, that was a very impactful moment. It's like, uh, and then you can also sympathize with them. If you have children of your own and you're gonna, you know, go right to that. And like those poor babies, like I want to protect the babies. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's that was a really um, emotional one for me. Yeah, I think it was kind of fifty-fifty. One is like <clears throat> feeling like that, where I can be defined by one thing, right? People choose to see me as this, and am forever that way. But also, the other side of the coin is everybody I see. You know, those people that have those big defining things. There's so much more to them than that. You know what I mean? There's so much under mm -hmm. the surface. There's so much lived life that you just don't see or understand. You know, so it's, can you set that aside for a second and just be curious mm. about this person? It's, yeah. I, I mean, it's one thing to look at it from the side of, I'm the, the victim in this scenario, right? And like how hard that must be, but also now look at yourself from the other side. How can I overlook something you know like this kid punched my brother in the eye right like give him a black eye like i'm forever gonna see him as like just this dick that did this thing right it's like can i pull back can i can i at some point learn to see them as something else mm. yeah well as teenagers i don't think a lot of teenagers are capable of that um, <laughs> not at all like i, yeah, I don't yeah, feel like yeah. that's a thing um, I think it is beautiful, the story that he tells about it and where he is now, like, you know, he tells this story from when he was a teenager, but then now where he is in his adult life, it, obviously he's been able to do those things and um, overcome it. And it's a, it's a really inspiring story um, from that aspect, just looking at where he was and where he is now, like, that's really awesome to see that growth in him and to see, you know, how he handled all that. And for him to stand up and tell this story at all is like super awesome. Like, I, um, that's amazing. But like, it's hard for me because I know teenagers. Like, and so when he's telling that story, it's like, <laughs> and you're asking them to do all these things you just asked. I'm like, no, teenagers aren't. No, no, well, they can't. Say that yeah. happens as a teenager mm -hmm. and you meet that person as an adult. Can you set that aside? Or are they forever oh, that? Are they forever would, that person to you? No, I would think most people would be able to set that stuff aside. Like I would, I would hope that they would anyways. Like that's just part of growth and to uh, like, if I was to see people that bullied me in high school, I would not see them as those little kids anymore. I would yeah. see them as who they are now. And like, I'll be open to having a conversation with them and finding out about them, how they live now. Like I, I don't think that it would. Uh, what if it's a, a sibling who was a dick? Mm. all growing up and even into maybe into their 20s mm -hmm. you're 
early 40s now, do you think you could pull back and see them as more than just that? You can, like, I, I feel like you can, but then yeah. did they yeah, change? Yeah. You're saying yeah. the, the royal you, like, everyone can. I'm saying you, Christy Sowell, is that something you think you could do? That's something I have done, but... Oof, have you? Uh, how hard was it? Yeah, it. I mean, it's not that hard, really, once you, oh, once you find that in yourself to be able to do that. Like you were saying, like, um... They don't hold any power of you, you know. It's like uh, you you know that now you're you're on even ground or or you know whatever. It's like they don't they can't torture you anymore. You're not in the same house as they are, and you they don't hold those same powers that they used to hold. So you can have an open and honest conversation with them. But whether they have made that same growth or not, that's another story. Like I don't know. Um, do, but... do you think it helps the process if you have that open conversation with them, or do you think you can just? Let it go and be done. Oh, I think you could do either way on that one. I don't necessarily think you need the other person uh, to forgive you or to have that closure. Like, I, you can move on with your life and heal from those things without the other people. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts about the brick before we move on? No. Did... um. You know, when he placed the brick on the side of the road or whatever, you know, and nobody noticed it. It was just there and like people were just walking by it and not even not even realizing that it was there. I thought that was a pretty um, interesting little piece of the story that he threw in there. Hmm. And then, he, you know, he would tell people where it was after the show and like everybody from the show was like super eager to go find it and like seek it out and like um, take pictures with it or whatever. I thought that was really awesome. The people that knew what the brick was, they want to go seek it out and find it. And people that see it's laying on the side of the street, it's just like, it's a brick. I don't care. Like, I'm just going to walk by and go on about my business. And I don't, I'm not even curious about why there's a brick on the side of the road. It cuts both ways. So say there's positive connotations. Everybody else walks by this thing, but they don't see it. They don't see the beauty that's contained within. They don't see the specialness, but you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you took the time to be curious to know that's such a beautiful thought i love that i genuinely love that i'm so glad you picked up on that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my days Oof, look at me getting all emotional i'm getting the vapors all right <laughs> so let's move on to um almost the end uh he did the letter opening portion and this one was mm -hmm. Uh, very impactful for me. I'm curious. Again, I'm going to let you go first. What would you, what'd you think about that? I, when I first watched it, I really was uh, just trying to figure it out. Like, did he actually get these people to write letters to these people? Like, is it a magic? <laughs> just it the mechanics. Magic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? Like, how did, what is, the, <laughs> what is happening right here? So, like, that was my first thoughts on it was, like, disbelief, like, hmm, skeptic skeptical of it like is this the real thing or like you know whatever but then when I watched it back it was way more impactful the second time that I saw it through because I didn't think about those things at all I was watching the people react to the letter and it didn't matter who had wrote that letter I didn't I didn't care anymore about that it was um, watching them have those true feelings and true emotions and like um 
it was so touching and so uh i don't know it was just such a moment in that in that show where you just get get out of your own feelings and only get into the other people's feelings and and experience the it with them whatever they're feeling in that moment you're like going through it with them and watching them um it would it's just so such a cool moment in the show i think but i didn't get that the first time i watched it yeah. it's yeah yeah i um <clears throat> i've watched magicians enough to where i i turn off the um how does it work i turn off mm -hmm. the mechanic part of my brain um, for the people listening, I like to do sleight of hand myself, right? And so, um, you know, I like to figure things out and all that stuff. But also, once I started doing that, part of the magic died. And so, mm -hmm. what I really like to do is turn that part of my brain off and just enjoy and just submerge and immerse myself into it, you know, just wallow around in it. And so, the, when I watched it the first time, and actually every subsequent time, even these little, like I kind of rewatched it. Uh, this afternoon just uh, to have this conversation I fall right into it and it is a void that envelops me I just am consumed by it swallowed by it this portion is so powerful to me um, for somebody who's never been very strong in like reading other people or necessarily their emotions I think I, I do okay I'm passable at it um but really diving deep and feeling, feeling, feeling things. I've never been super strong at that. And um, this, you see their face transform. And I could feel it. I could feel what they were feeling down to my bones, just deep into me. And it's something so pure and special to see these people wordlessly reacting as they're reading these letters it just so powerful to me like because i can i can literally feel it and it makes me feel so and i know this is completely in my head but it makes me feel almost like part of the family with them like like connected in some you know what as humans i guess as humans and it's so interesting to me like i think because it's empathy you know you you feel literally feel what this person's feeling and i think it is probably mankind's greatest gift is to feel empathy and i feel like a lot of times now it is probably the least utilized tool we have in our tool belt maybe the most powerful but also the least used mm. Which, yeah, because nobody wants to feel bad. Like, it's I know, like they I know. Want to get done. But when you really feel what somebody else is feeling, it changes your heart. And when you change your heart, you're able to change your mind. Yeah. Or when you just let yourself see what they're feeling and not, not, not look at your own feelings first. You're seeing through their eyes and through their emotion. I think that's the hard thing for people to do as well. It's like they don't want to like feelings are hard. It's it's a hard place to be in and and you don't want to necessarily be sad or you don't want to uh, to to let yourself get there. But once you do, you um you open up that door yeah to truly feel what they're feeling and see what they're seeing 
instead of your own biases. And it is, it's truly a beautiful, beautiful thing um, to just to watch those people and uh and see their reactions and see their them go through all those emotions like yeah. there was there was such a range of emotions there mm -hmm. it wasn't just just people being sad it was also overwhelming joy and there were so it, you know all the emotions were there but um so it's so yeah like you were saying it, it is if you allow yourself to feel that empathy and to to get into their world for just a minute it absolutely changes your view um and your heart and your mind 100 percent mm -hmm. hmm. but it's it's scary right Ooh, yeah especially <laughs> like if you have big feelings and you um you open up that door you know you're you're allowing um their feelings in of course that's fine but then you're going to have your own feelings about that as well at some point, whether it be right then in that moment or later when you think about it again, you know, that's going to hit you. Um, so yeah, it is scary and it's hard. Like it, it just takes a, a toll on you uh, mentally as well to, to allow those feelings to happen. And I wonder if it feels dangerous to some people. Like I was talking to some family members and uh, we were talking about, you know, things you, every person should do, right? Like every person should do these things. And one of mine is, I think you should sit down and have a conversation, um, about, um, or rather let's, you should have conversations with as many people from as many religions as you can about their religion and just be open and just have a conversation, just talk to them about it and how it infects or impacts their lives and, um, you know, what's important to them based on all that stuff. And they were saying that, no, you shouldn't do that because these other religions might infect you. You know, they, you know, they could be agents of the devil or something like that. And it's like, you know, some people would probably be afraid to be empathetic because it might change their heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And if it changes their heart, it's going to change their mind. And if you believe something and you think there's fear or danger of those things changing, maybe you should examine them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if it's something that could be changed, why fight it? You know, what's, what's so scary about it? I mean, obviously for somebody who's like devoutly religious in whatever faith they believe that if they switch, they would, go to hell but if they switched you know if their stance actually switched would they still think they were going to hell if they thought the thing they thought before wasn't true anymore well then there would be no I'm gonna be condemned forever you know what I mean it's like yeah, maybe <laughs> if, it's not maybe it's not only about their feelings about it but maybe it's about how other people would feel about them if they changed their mind on it that may be the scarier part they might lose like somebody they right. love because yeah. of mm -hmm. shit That's a good point. Right. There's a whole lot more than just what you feel about it. Like there's a whole bigger picture than that. But that also makes me wonder. It's like, so you would do the wrong thing to hang on to somebody? Like I you think would... a lot of people would rather do that than, than test it. Like I... I've... Dang. Yeah. Is, is, is like your grip on it so tenuous and fragile? Yeah. I don't know. 
Like, I just feel like that's, uh, the more I talk to people and the more I get, uh, outside views on things, I think that, yeah, especially with that kind of religious belief and, uh, those kind of things is like, it runs so deep in the, not only in you, but also in the people that are in your life. Like if you start to question that, or if you even, uh, think about questioning that, yeah, you could sacrifice all of it. So it's like, it's, yeah. that seems really scary when you think about it like that. Right. It doesn't even have to be religion these days. It could be politics, which to I me mean, are synonymous. Anything. Yeah. Those, those, uh, big beliefs like that. Yeah. Cause there's people in our family that call us those people right? <laughs> because we think different. So they've yeah. literally put us in a different group. We're not like their family anymore you know we're those people we're over there which they've used to separate us out because we think and believe differently mm -hmm. i yeah. said they're drawing a, a line in the sand well they called their flock see they they kept, they kept to the sheep and they let the wolves out as well <laughs> <laughs> it could be dangerous as the wolves don't eat the sheep, we turn them into other wolves. So <laughs> I feel like we're more like the Matrix. We're free in their minds. <laughs> that was a really good one. Dang. Mm. Just learned some stuff. Well, there's also the very last portion of the show where, you know, everybody gets to choose a card. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's this big giant wall of cards. And it says, I am, and it has a thing, you know, a, a statement or like it's usually single word. It might be two words or a couple, you know, maybe a few or whatever. And, um, you see at the beginning, everybody's kind of milling around and they're picking out their card. Mm -hmm. Well, as you walk in, that's kind of your ticket to get in the theater. You know, they tear it off and hand it to you, hand you your stub and they keep who you were. Well, at the end, he sees you for who you are. And just like reading that letter, you can see the profound impact it has on some people. Yeah. And just the absolute, I don't know, the way their soul sings when somebody sees them. Yeah. From I the know. same way they see themselves. Yeah. That was just, super powerful to me too. Right. It, it's a, that's a very powerful like that whole sequence of them reacting um to him seeing them and like noticing what they wanted to be or what they identify as truly identify as in their heart like mm. um that was so um so powerful so impactful such a big moment for the show um that one and the letters i think are the most in my opinion, that those are the two biggest moments yeah. in the show. Same for me. And then the last where he says, uh, I see that now. Like when he ends the show and he he's like uh, recanting all of his story and then he ends up by saying, I see that now. Yeah, like yeah. He says, I yeah. am the Rulatista. Mm -hmm. and but I'm also these other things. Right, right, right. I'm this, I'm this, right. and I'm this. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, it was like, whoa. Like it's beautiful is, yeah it's really cool yeah and he like i just wrote down like he wanted to be seen so badly that he continued to play you know russian roulette like with his own life because he wanted people to see him he kept betting on his own life just to be seen like that is 
that's wow like what kind of uh just where was he at in his mental space like to be able to be so so um at ease with that like just like oh i want this so badly and this is the only way i think i can get it i'm just gonna continue to do this and be um you know play this game with my own life i don't it doesn't really matter to me i'm being seen i feel validated by this or whatever whatever he was getting out of it you know do it every night let's go yeah. But in the story of the Rulatista, he did that mm-hmm. until the moment he didn't. Right. But then he continued to be the Rulatista. Right. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Yeah. But just like him playing over and over and over, like when he was telling the story, you know, it's mm-hmm. like night after night after night, he would just go back and do it again. And he, and he would get braver with it. Like, you know, start adding more bullets and people wanted to see more danger or whatever, you know, they wanted uh to keep to keep him raising the stakes up it was like more exciting for them and he was willing to do that like that's that was really like eye-opening well at the end of the story he was willing to put bullets in every single chamber yeah yeah so ultimately it was i'm willing to die for yeah i don't but day one he he was done and he didn't care Mm-hmm. I don't think it was necessarily about being seen. It was, I'm done. It's over. And I just don't care anymore. And this is as good a way as any to go. Mm-hmm. And I will just keep going until it's over. Until it's done. Yeah. Until, you know, what? The earthquake happened, the beam hit him, and he yeah, stopped. Yeah, the earthquake. Yeah. Such a crazy, uh, crazy happenstance. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, it's, that doesn't happen in real life. The, you know. You don't get an earthquake. Things, things don't mysteriously manifest. The earthquake has to be you, the person listening. You have to be the earthquake for somebody else. Mm. You have to be that force of change. And it may not be, maybe you don't have to drop a beam on somebody. You know, maybe it's just constantly saying you matter. You care that I'm glad you're here. Yeah. This place is way more fun with you here. So let's, let's keep rocking. You know, I don't know. It's a big one. But also... That's something I've been kind of doing with my podcast and I didn't know I was doing that at first. But I realized it's exactly what I've been doing. I ask people who they are and through the course of our conversation, I learned to see them that way. And I want people to have that powerful impact. It doesn't happen every time. Probably doesn't happen most times. But there's been a couple of times where it's happened. And it's made a difference to people. And it feels important. And I don't know that I've ever been anybody's earthquake. But I also don't know that I haven't. And it just feels 
important. It feels important for me to do this the rest of my life. Even if I'm not doing it on a microphone, and I'm not on a camera, and nobody else is like seeing it or hearing it, I think it's it will 100% be important to me to keep doing that in my personal life. The advantage of doing it in front of a crowd or an audience is that maybe somebody else will feel some recognition or feel seen or learn something, be more empathetic. Obviously, hopefully, hopefully people are entertained, but um, I want them to be changed in some way. I want them to learn something. I want to be impactful. What's your take on seeing people? Like, I mean, there could be some... Although I, I I let them tell me who they are, so this is this is a fundamental difference between you and me. I think one of them. I mean, there's many differences between us, but you are extremely intuitive. You've had to learn to be. You've had to learn to read people, and you've gotten pretty darn good at it. And I'm not. And what I like to do, I mean, I've gotten better. I've gotten much better, like significantly better. This podcast has actually taught me how to do this a whole lot, but. I so much prefer to just have somebody tell me who they are or at least how they want the world to see them because this is how they see themselves and, and see them there. Do you ever, how often do you think you take the time to ask somebody or is your intuition just so strong? It's not like a necessity. It's not something that you need. It's so different. Like I, our worlds are so different. Like I, I um, know they're so different. It's fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Like for for me, like I, I think just making those ripples and not you don't necessarily have to uh, have to even know that you're impacting that person, but you're putting like like I said, just saying hi to somebody in a parking lot can ab- absolutely change their day. Same thing if they're coming to the gym or whatever their thing is that day. Um, just being there, getting those positive energy vibes and the work, moving your body and uh, getting that time in for yourself and nobody else. Like you're you're there for yourself and you're there for a purpose and you know you're gonna get something out of it. Whether it be uh, you're gonna be stronger when you leave or you just needed that little break for yourself if you listen to your baby cry all night or whatever the whatever the case is, you just need that little break. Uh, <laughs> you listen to your husband cry all night. Or what you know, whatever. I don't, <laughs> we don't we don't know what people are facing. They're all living their own um their own battles. They're all they all have their own obstacles to overcome every day and um, for some people, just getting out of bed in the morning is taxing. Like yeah. if you're suffering yeah. with depression or whatever the case may be. So mm. we don't get to see all that. I don't. We don't have time to ask everybody that we come in contact that day. Um, who you? Who are you? What do you want me to uh, see about you today? Like we don't. That, honestly, you can't do that. Like if I, I know. Never, yeah. when you're when you're in front of sixty people, it's not exactly yeah. conducive like, to that. Yeah. Oh, what do yeah. you need today? What do you need today? And who are you? Like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> so yeah. Explain well, to me how you mean, feel about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't. I don't have the time to do that um, every day. Look, I take people to the side, you know, and we we have conversations and we we get to know each other in a whole different way, but whenever um they come to the class they get something out of it 
whatever they're needing that day. Like they leave, they leave better than they came. And that is the whole intention. The whole reason that I, that I'm even there, you know, I don't, I don't do it out of us. Like for me, like, I don't do it for me. I do it for, for them. And I show up for them every day and, um, you know, just consistency and being there and giving them a place to come to. That's a positive place where most people or I don't know, most is a kind of a stretch there, but some people don't have a positive place or environment at their home, you know, or anywhere outside of that. So just making that a place, a safe place and a, a motivating place and a happy place is, uh, that's enough. Like, and they get, they get those little ripples and they um, take them out into the world and it infects their day. And like, I mean, you know, some of the stories, but like, uh, yeah. babies, you know, um, lady, wasn't able to have kids for a long time. She started coming to the gym. She got healthier, got into shape, and was finally, I mean, they had adopted a baby, and then they ended up getting pregnant just by happenstance. They weren't even, like, that was out of the cards. Wasn't like, it, like, two even... or three months after they adopted the yeah, kid? Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and that was just a byproduct of being healthier and, like, living a healthier lifestyle and um, all of that stuff. And so you you don't know about that stuff, um, you know, and sometimes I'll never know. Like, I'll never know um, about you know, what, what, um, impact that had on those people. But you hope that, like you said, somebody's listening or somebody comes by that day and they get something out of it. And that's when you're putting stuff out in the world. Um, hopefully you're putting out good stuff and you're, um, infecting people with those happy vibes and, um, somebody is better for it, or maybe you're better for it. I mean, I mean, it's changing you too. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the world's a better place when you put good stuff out there, whether it comes back to you or not. It's still still good to put it out there. Positivity begets positivity. Yeah. Do good things, be good. I love yeah, it. But like you said, I, I do like to see people. And if we have a a conversation aside from being in front of them, you know, um, yeah, I, I want to know who they are. What Like a lot of people that come to the gym are mothers and um, we identify as mothers and we do all those duties. But like, who are you outside of that? Like, what do you, what do you like? What are your hobbies? What yeah. do you, um, you know, what have you found out about yourself lately? Have you read any books you like, or, you know, what are you doing? Or how are you bettering yourself? Not only putting your energy into your family and your kids, but are you putting that same energy into you? Hmm. And um, do you seem like, does it seem like a lot of those women lose themselves, like lose sense of themselves so that they become, yeah. I'm just a mother. That's what, yeah. They just become, a mother or a uh, a wife or um whatever like they they become those roles and they don't um they put themselves on hold for a long time and sometimes they never shake it out or or sometimes they uh they end up waking up one day and be like whoa like i i really need a change in my life or i need this and or their their kids grow up and leave home right and yeah then you're empty nest and you don't know what to do with yourself you don't have any hobbies you're just kind of lost and um, wandering around and um i don't know it's uh but it is interesting to talk to them and like pull them to the side and find out about them and they find out about themselves too when you ask them questions because maybe they've never thought about it like that right. or maybe nobody has asked them in a long time like well what do you do besides have kids and tend house and buy groceries and yeah all of that stuff. Man, like, that's got to be really like the look on somebody's face. Like if you ask them a question like that and they just don't have an answer, that must just be like shocking. Yeah. Like recently I, there was a one lady that um, wanted to write a book. She was, um, had, had a career before kids and she was, she took a break and 
she had done the kid thing and her her net her like latest baby was getting of age where she could put him in daycare and she was like kind of uh you know kicking around the idea of do I do this or do I don't do this and so we kind of talked about it and um encouraged her to do it and just kind of left it at that and I happened to see her a few months later and I just checked in with her to see what was going on and she's like you know what since we had our conversation, I started on my book and <laughs> I found a publisher and I blah, blah, blah. And so she, she like actually took action and That's she's wild. writing a book now. And it's really cool. Like I check in with her periodically and hear her updates on it. And I think it's going to be published pretty soon now. So it's a children's book. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you just never know like where those little um, threads and those little ripples can lead somebody. So I love it. Neat. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted uh, most of the subject matter in that show. Do you have any um, closing thoughts on it before we stick a fork in this thing? Um, I don't know. Like I, I have some notes that we didn't hit on, but I don't know if it's like anything. Like, you know, I wrote down like we all start pure, no tainted info, and uh, you know, then we get people start injecting into us, and we kind of uh defer to that instead of what we know about ourselves sometimes and that um kind of kind of hit home with me a little bit there and it's like why do we why do we doubt ourselves like sometimes like we have that self-doubt set in or we know something about ourselves and somebody just touches on it and kind of pushes it in a negative direction and then we believe that it's like why don't you believe what what you've already shown to be true that you are you know good enough for this or you you can do these things but that one little negative nudge or that one little uh little push in the wrong direction sometimes we go all in on that one but we forget that we have so much we have seen so much so much success i don't know why that word's so hard for me today <laughs> anyways we forget that we have seen ourselves do these things over and over again with success and um we tend to fall into that self-doubt and that, um, well, if they said it, it must be true. Like they must see that. So sometimes people seeing things in you can be a detriment and not just a, uh, <laughs> a positive thing. So you got to be careful with your words. Um, like you said, if you're going to give criticism or something or give that, uh, what'd you call it? Um, um constructive construct criticism yeah, constructive criticism yeah if you're gonna do that do it in a kind way in a way that um won't necessarily nudge them in a in a bad direction hopefully it's uh some people get really down on themselves and it's easy it's easy to believe those negative things no matter uh no matter how much you believe in yourself those little self-doubt um demons are strong sometimes so it's uh that that really hit home with me on that on that account because I do that to myself quite often. But anyways, that was kind of another one of those things that I had in my notes that we didn't hit on. Hey, that's a powerful one. Yeah. I'm the greatest thing that's ever happened, so that never affects me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I'm awesome. Perfect. I wish we could amazing. all be like that, but we can't. No, no, we have to have normies out there. Not everybody can be such an Adonis, such perfection. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look at you. Yeah, look at me. Mm, look at just don't look at that waddle beautiful, right there. Beautiful, beautiful. He's a beautiful man. All right. <laughs> so, um, Christy, thank you for joining me. Uh, it's always a pleasure, uh, you know, because normally we're doing this sitting next to each other on the couch, and now we can do it from opposite rooms in the same house. It's, it's kind of fun. 
That's like when you're <laughs> a little kid with a walkie-talkie. Uh, but um, you do stuff outside of talking to me on a podcast. So uh, if people want to interact with you out on the internet, what's, what's your preferred method for people to do that? Yeah, um, Facebook, Instagram. What do I they have, find? Well, what do they I look have, for? Uh, cardio candy and self-visualized. Cardio candy is kind of the uh, fitness world. Self-visualized is the life coaching world. Um, they kind of coincide. They kind of go together, but two separate things. So check me out. And then I have my regular one. It's just Christy Solo, um, Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff out there. No Twitter, though, because we don't do that. Or X, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I refuse. I'm never calling it that. It's Twitter. Twitter forever. All right. Twitter forever. Um, as my call to action earlier, uh, for all of you listeners, uh, definitely always looking for new faces, new things to talk about. Generally, people to talk to is what I'm looking for. Um, let me know if you found this format interesting. This is the first time I've done like just like pick the thing that I like genuinely enjoy and just kind of had conversation with uh, somebody about it. I I did this with um, uh, Coomzy on uh, unofficial art therapy uh, a little while back, and uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it was fun. It was fun chopping it up with those two. So I, I thought I'd really like to just go deep. And by deep, I mean an hour and 40 minutes uh, on the subject. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if there's anybody that you find interesting that you think I should talk to, especially if you know them, you make a warm introduction, please do it. Uh, other than that, thank you, Christy. And uh, I'll see you in five minutes to go get some food. Yes. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.